This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. God's word that we're going to look at tonight is from Philippians chapter 3. The the book of Philippians is written by a, a friend of Jesus. His name is Paul. And as he's writing this book of joy... Paul is in prison. And so I'm going to read you the the first nine verses of chapter three, and then we'll start to, to look at them. And Paul says this, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. See, some of them were saying, you know, if, if you're going to be a Christian, you, you've got to believe in Jesus Christ, and, and guys, you have to be circumcised too, or it doesn't count. You're not really a Christian. And he goes on, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. It's as though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, and as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So imagine you're applying for a job. What's your resume look like? Okay, just kind of picture. You can see, we see one up on the screen. You've got your, your name and your contact information up at the top, right? Then you've got a, a professional summary statement. And then you start to to list your experience. What are you putting under there? Your experience, okay? And as you're filling out your resume and you're thinking about it, the the next part is your skills. What are the skills that you're putting down on that resume? And then there's education and training. What's that all look like? And And then finally, activities and honors, right? Our Our resume. Right? The, the whole point of a resume is to get you in where you're not, right? It's to get you in where you're not. And these resumes that we have, they're, they're not just for jobs. When we meet people, we bring our resume to the table to see if we can be someone else's friend. We have resumes for our job, for our world, for, for friends, for ourselves, for God. So what's your resume look like? 
You know, invariably, when I meet people for the first time uh, away from church and they find out that I'm a pastor, the conversation tips right away, all right? I mean, they just do, I'm not saying anything. They just do this on their own, right? And, and, and their language changes and, and they start to, to talk about the good things that they've done and the good causes that they support and, and their good characteristics. What they're doing is they're just handing me their resume, right? And here's why. Because there is this assumption out there, and you know about it too, there's this assumption that good people go to heaven, right? And, and, and so Christians who are good go to heaven. Uh, Jewish people who are good go to heaven. Muslims who are good go to heaven. Atheists who are, are good go to heaven because that's the assumption, right? Good people go to heaven, right? And, and so as we look at the world, that's, that's what they're, they're all thinking, right? And it's, it's not so much about who you worship or how you worship. It's not just a, a group of people. It's people inside of each group that are good that go to heaven. That's the assumption. And it's also the prevailing attitude inside of Christianity as well for, for Christians and, and those who think that they're Christians. Right? For example, uh, for, for those of you who are Christians, if, if I were to ask you, you know, how, how do you know you're going to be in heaven? Usually the, the conversation goes something like this. Well, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And I try really hard. I, I try to do my best. Uh, I try to be a good dad, a, a good mother, a good neighbor, uh, a good employee, a, a good employer. I, I haven't done anything really bad. I, I don't, uh, I've never really hurt anyone. And then, and then isn't this how we do that too? But I'm not perfect, okay? We always kind of add that in there, right? But, but I'm not perfect. You know, you don't need to add that to what you're talking about, right? You don't need to assure anyone that, that you're not perfect. We already get that, right? You know, and, and, and more than that, you know, it's our, our friends and our family members that will tell other people for us that we're not perfect, right? So we don't have to tell them. Our family and friends will do that for us. For, for example, this past week, Sammy made some cookies and brought them to church. And, and I, I ended up having some on, on my desk, you know, and crumbles were there. And the next thing you know, she's in there with a camera and she posts this on social media. You know, Bill's not perfect, right? That's what she's saying. And within like seven minutes, I think it was, my wife posts in there, ha ha, yep, we always know where he's been in the house. Right? See, you don't have to tell people you're not perfect. Your friends and family will do that for you. Right? You don't need to do that. So let's say you're a Christian. And if you're not, just, just play along for a little bit here, okay? Um, let's say you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, and the whole deal. And again, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? Invariably, we all end up somewhere along this way pointing out 
to our goodness. The good things that we do and our good characteristics because the assumption is that good people go to heaven. So again, today, Paul, this friend of Jesus, is writing this letter uh, about joy. And uh, he's going to lead us tonight to see what is the fundamental need for our resume, okay? So he'll, he's going to lead us. We're going to be able to answer this question before we leave here tonight. What is the fundamental need for your resume? And he begins all of this by sharing his resume with us. And I'll, I'll read that part again, okay? He says that if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel and of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, and as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Okay, so, so let me translate this for, for you and me. Paul's laying out his resume and he goes, I'm circumcised on the eighth day. So what he's saying is I belong to the right religion from the very beginning, okay? I, I didn't convert to this thing later in life. I've been on board. I've gone through everything from the start, okay? Circumcised on the eighth day. He says, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, it's one of only true two tribes that didn't fall away from that house of David in the Old Testament. What he's saying is, I belong to the right nation. I have great ancestry. We stuck it through. We're good people. He says, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. What he's saying is, I'm racially and ethnically pure. I, this, is, this, is the, this is the race to belong to if you're going to belong. This is the ethnicity. I've got that. I've got that. And he says, as far as, as righteousness and following the law and all that stuff, I am a Pharisee. I am faultless. Okay? And so the people back in his day, if they looked at that resume... They'd go, that's it, man. This guy's in. He's our candidate. We don't need to interview any further. You can just, you know, put it all to the side. He's our guy. He's in. But that's not exactly how God sees it. Okay? But what we can learn from this point so far is that Paul tells us that the, fundament, the fundamental need for a resume is righteousness. Okay, now we're going to unpack that as we go on, but, but right there, that's kind of a key for us. The fundamental need is righteousness, okay? And that's what we lean in on and we lean onto. Our righteousness is what we take our pride in, what we boast in, what we have our glory about. And we all have righteousness on our resume. It just looks slightly different, what we each boast in. For example, some of us maybe boast in that we are, our righteousness is in music. We can sing really well, or we can play a, a number of instruments and things like that. That's our right. That's our end. That's how we, we get in. For some of us, maybe it's that we're really good in technology or, or engineering. We can figure things out. We can put things together. That's our end. That's how, that's how we got here. 
Right? And for, for others of us, maybe it's our EQ, our emotional quotient, how we're able to relate to other people, our understanding, our sympathy and empathy. You know, we love people and that comes across clear. That's, that's our end. That's our, that's our righteousness, what we take our pride in. That's what we glory in. That's what we boast about. Maybe for some of us, it's sports, huh? Sports, yeah. You know, I've, I've got a whole dresser drawer full of running shirts from races. That I've, they're really nicely folded and everything. Uh, never worn, because I don't wear them, because these are my race shirts huh, that I get when I go to, go to all these races. I could bring them sometime if you want. You know, or I could show you, you know, and, and I, I keep all of those race jersey things, except for like the 5K ones, because it's really not worth just running a 5K, right? I could, I could show you my finisher medals, right? But, but really, finisher medals, what's the, what's the big deal? It's like a participation award, you know? I could, I could show you the medals that I got, the plaques, the, the, the certificates from, from placing and winning the races that I was in. You see, we can kind of take our, our boast and our pride and, and our glory in and, and sports and things. Or like church, you know? Boy, I could talk to you all day about victory. I love it here. I love you guys. You know, we you know, let's talk for a while. See, we all have a righteousness, our good characteristics, our good quality, the things that we think get us in. And again, we all do it. And here's how that all started. When Adam and Eve lost the righteousness of God by their own sin, they sought out their own righteousness they determined to try to make themselves look good so they could fit in. Genesis 3 verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They lost their righteousness, and they they suddenly become seamstress, and they cover themselves up. They've got this good quality going for them, right? And here's the thing, right? Okay, we all know that we're naked. We maybe haven't ever said it that way, but we all know there's something missing. And so we point to our good characteristics, our good qualities to try to cover up so that we can get in. Because we've got to get in. We understand that the struggle is real and we got to get in. Now, here's the thing, and this is super, super important, okay? Super important. Get this, all right? For most of us, it's not our sins that keep us from God. It's our attitude about our righteousness. Think about that for a minute. For most of us, it's not our sins that keep us from God It's our attitude about our righteousness that keeps us from God. Let's go back. Paul's got that outstanding resume, okay? And now this is what he says. He says, but whatever were gains, all those great qualities I had on my resume, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing 
surpassing worth, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I, I consider them my resume, my list of righteousness. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul's got his resume out. He's checking over it. He's looking at all those amazing qualities and everything. And he says, you know, all those things, that, that's nothing, nothing compared to Christ. It's nothing compared to what Christ has done for me and for all people and nothing compared to what Christ has put on my resume, Okay. Paul says, my, my resume, all my good characteristics, garbage. Now, again, un understand, Paul is a scholar, okay? He's a man of intellect. He uses the words that he wants to use, and he uses the words he uses for a reason, to make a point. And he says, my resume, all the good things I've done is garbage garbage, okay? This scholar, this, this intellect uses garbage as he's talking about his righteousness. Except the thing is this, is he really didn't use the word garbage. The translators of the Bible went all G-rated on the word that Paul used when they translated it garbage. What Paul was saying when he's talking about his resume, it, it was not garbage, he said, it's dog excrement. And I went PG-13 on you, <laughs> right? He says, my resume is dog stuff. That stuff that if you step in, you slide, it smells, it's gross. You want to throw up? Just me talking about it. Gets in the cracks of your shoes and you got to get it out. It's that stuff that when you're walking your dog, you carry the plastic bag with. You put your hand in there and grab it and... That's what he's saying. He says, you know, let's see. Do you want me to boast in my resume or boast in Christ? <laughs> I boast in Christ, Paul says. You see, the good news of Christianity isn't that, that Christianity comes along and gives us a, a little bump to, to help us out, a little push to get us over the top. It's, it's not a little extra salt or sugar to, to bring the taste out. No, Christianity is a whole new resume, okay? A whole new resume. See, Christianity is, is not like, well, you know, I, I didn't go to church, but, but now I do. Or I, I used to not pray, but, but now I do. Uh, Christianity is not, I, I grew up in the church and I went to Sunday school or, or, or Christian day school. I got confirmed. Maybe I even went to a, a, a Lutheran area high school or, or something like that. That's not what Christianity's about. And you know what? People have thought it's that way. And that's why there aren't more people here and online right now worshiping because they thought that's what Christianity was about and they determined it doesn't work because that doesn't work, because that's not Christianity, okay? If you're struggling with Christianity, just check and, and see, are, are you making it about your behavior or about what Christ did and has done for you? There's a big difference. 
If it's not working, who are you looking at? You or Jesus. I ran across this illustration this week where a missionary went to a, a, a tribal community and wanted to share Christianity with the, the members of the tribe and everything. And the missionary was pretty smart. And he knew that if he could convince the chief, he would kind of have free reign to go in and out and, and everything and have a lot of support. And so he spent a lot of time, not just with the tribe, but mostly with the chief. After a, a number of months, the chief called the missionary in and, and said to the missionary, let me get this straight. He said, so if, if I want to be a Christian, I need to stop going to these other tribes, getting into war with them, killing them and cutting off their heads. And the missionary's going, that's a good start. You know, and, and the, the, the chief goes, so if I want to be a Christian, what I've got to stop doing is going over to my neighbor's house, taking his wife, bringing her back to my home, treating her like she's my wife, and, and then I'll be a Christian. And the missionaries go, oh, yeah. Chief goes, if, if I want to be a Christian, uh, I need to quit going over to the, the other tribes and stealing from them. Christian missionary said, yeah, that's right. Uh, the tribal chief said to the missionary, he goes, I'm 70 years old. I already can't do those things. I must be a Christian already. See, that's what so many people think Christianity is about, that they think it's about following rules. And maybe... You did too. And before we end in, in just a couple of minutes, I'm going to open a, a new world for you. Okay? A, a world that's open to us through Jesus Christ. See, here's the thing. There are two groups of irreligious people in the world, two different groups of irreligious people in the world, but both groups have the same goal. The same goal that both irreligious groups have is that they want to be in control. So it's, do you want to be in control? So first group, irreligious people, they, they want to be in control. And so they, they act this way. They go, we're not really sure if there's a God or not. So I'm just going to live how I want to live because I want to be in control. The second irreligious group lives like this. I, I'm going to follow all the rules. I, I'm going to go to church. I, I'm going I'm to behave. I'm going to be better than others so that God owes me. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to have God in my hand. And he's got to do what I want him to do because I want to be in control. See, that form of irreligious group. They, they kind of treat God like the government, right? We'll, we'll be good citizens. We'll pay our taxes. Now fix the flipping potholes, okay? We'll be good citizens. We'll pray. Now fix my life. Here's a, another way you can tell if, if you've gotten off track a little bit or if, if you don't understand Christianity. Uh, we, can, we can show that we're irreligious either by being proud uh, because we're better than other people. You know, we, we've earned it. Uh, we deserve good things. Or the other way it shows up is we're just so guilty. 
We're, we're so ashamed uh, of what we've thought, said, and, and done. As, I just want you to know, pride and guilt, that doesn't work. And that's not Christianity. So don't presume to stand before God on the basis of your own righteousness. But know that through Jesus Christ, you can stand before God. He makes you worthy, okay? Our joy is in the work of Christ that saves us not only from our sins, but from our righteousness as well. Christianity says you, you, you get into heaven through Jesus' righteousness, through his resume. And I, and I want you to know that no matter who you are, Jesus' resume is for you. It's good for you. No matter who you are, you can't if, and, or but out of it. It's good for you. Through Jesus, you meet all the requirements because Jesus met the requirements for you. So as we look at Christianity and, and we look at our resume and stuff like that, here's, here's not only the relief of Christianity, but the joy. Again, Paul says this in, in a different letter to the Corinthian congregation. He says, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, take on all our sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness not of ourselves, not of our gifts, not of our characteristics, but the righteousness of God. See, the, the righteousness of God is, is God's greatest gift to us. And Christianity recognizes that God gives you that perfect resume, the resume of Jesus Christ becomes yours. Okay, done. You are, see, check out Jesus' resume, your resume with Jesus, your name, profession, see Jesus. <laughs> Experience, see Jesus. Skills, see Jesus. Education and training, Jesus. Activities, honors, see Jesus. That's Christianity. See, Jesus is not just your example. He's not just your hero. He's not just your guide. He's not just your model. He is your savior. He is your righteousness. He is your resume. Friends, he is your end. Now let's pray, all right? Lord God, thank you so much for, for coming into our lives and giving us your resume. We're in. Through you, Jesus. We don't have to fight anymore. We don't have to struggle anymore. We don't have to cover up anymore. We're in through you. We can just be with you. Lord God, as, as we go out into the world, help us to share our resume in Jesus. And that will lower our pride and our guilt and that will raise up our service and our, and our good attitude and all that. That'll just happen because it's about you, Jesus. Lord, help us, help us. We, we tend to wander, we tend to forget. Help us to remember, it's all about you and you're our end. Lord God, thank you. 
for each and every person here, each and every person online, each and every person who's going to see this in archives or podcasts. Thank you that Christianity is all about you. That brings us great joy, a joy that can't be broken ever because it's all about you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.